0: Today's episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling is brought to you by Subway. Come on down to Subway, Kingsburg at 304 Main Street in Kingsburg, New Jersey on Saturday, October 22nd for a meet and greet with TNA Impact Wrestling and CBS The Amazing Race star himself, Robbie. E. Yes, he will be in the house signing autographs from 12 to 2 p.m. Remember, there is a buy one get one free on all six-inch subs. So please don't forget Saturday, October 22nd, with TNA star Robbie E. at Subway Kingsburg. We hope to see you there.
1: What's up, guys? It's phenomenal, AJ Styles, and listen to the Two Man Power
0: Trip
2: hey everybody out there this is the franchise Sam Douglas remember me <laughs> ECW one inweight anyway champion the ECW when you want to load down the professional wrestling come right here to the two-man powered of wrestling you'll get all the load down <laughs> well guys it's great to be on the, on the show again I appreciate you asking me back and just you said you were going to pinch yourself I didn't know it was that kind of show now I mean if you guys are in the privacy of your own home if you want to do these things but Chad and John. The two-man power trip. That's, uh, that's an awesome uh, name for yourselves. <laughs> Good, how you doing, Chad? Hey, Johnny. Cool, man, what's going on? We ready to go or what? Oh, okay. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Scotty Riggs, and you're listening to the Two-Man Power Trip of Wrestling. Hey, man, what's up, guys? This is Homicide. Oh, that's my homie. Homicide with a big homie club. Yeah, that would be it. <laughs> hey, this is David Penzer, and this is the Two-Man Power Trip of Wrestling.
3: Well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me
4: Wrestling brought to you today and powered by our good friends over at Subway. This coming weekend in Keensburg, New Jersey, get on over to the subway on Main Street in Keensburg to meet the one and only TNA Wrestling Impact Superstar Robbie E live and in living color at the Subway Keensburg. Get on over to Facebook.com and search the Kingsburg Subway location for all the information on Robbie E's appearance. And if you didn't know by now, my name is Chad. And as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner, the one and only Primetime John Paz. And John, what an absolutely gigantic show we have in store for you today as we welcome two members of the Lucha Underground family. First, a guy who needs literally no introduction whatsoever, the one and only legendary Rey Mysterio Jr., Followed by one of the fastest rising stars and quite possibly the hidden gem of Lucha Underground. He's also a former WWE Tough Enough contestant. Marty the Moth Martinez will join us later in the program. But right to kick this bad boy off, we get into Rey Mysterio Jr. What a couple of minutes we spent with Rey. It was absolutely fantastic to get him on for the time we had him. We were able to finally dig deep into Lucha Underground. And obviously, with Ray and Lucha Underground, it was a highly anticipated and much talked about debut. And now as we move forward into season three, we want to know what is in store for the fans of Lucha Underground, as well as what we can expect with just not, with not just Ray, but also the superstars and the wrestlers in Lucha Underground and what they can expect going forward. Because a guy like Rey Mysterio has so much to offer, especially to a roster like the one in Lucha Underground that has a lot of guys that are still kind of gritting their teeth a little bit. And when you got Rey Mysterio and you've got that background and that pedigree that he's got in professional wrestling, he's obviously he's an added incentive to the locker room of Lucha Underground, but you, know, you think about Rey Mysterio, you think about how he got into this country, and John, I know you're a gigantic Rey Mysterio fan, and this was definitely a highlight for you, I know it was for me. But what is it about Rey Mysterio that really just captivates that audience and brings them back wanting more every time this guy is in the ring?
0: Yes, Chad, back here again for another amazing episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling. And boy, do we have a huge one today. A huge monumental episode for the two-man power trip of wrestling. And for starters, we'll start with one of the greatest in-ring wrestlers of all time, one of the most charismatic, one of the most over wrestlers of all time. And that is Rey Mysterio Jr. Woo, Boy, what an honor to be able to get him on. Thank you to Lucha Underground for that. And we love promoting Lucha Underground, which obviously is every Wednesday night on the El Rey Network. Check your local listings and you will love the product. But, you know, back to Rey Mysterio. Oh, my God. One of my favorites of all time. I love this guy. I remember in the early 90s reading about this young, young kid in the after mags and stuff like that and just thinking, man, I can't wait to see this guy. And then WCW and AAA put on a joint pay-per-view in 94 called One World Collide. And you really got to see some of this talent from Mexico. And boom, who stuck out the most? To me, Rey Mysterio Jr. I was like, man, I love this guy. Then he was in ECW for a bit. And then obviously from being in ww earlier he was on eric bischoff's radar bischoff brings mysterio in and boom along with dean malenko and several others the cruiserweight division was on fire and you just think of ray and all the amazing matches he had the feuds with jericho the feud with malenko the feuds with eddie guerrero just amazing amazing stuff i can't you know put over the fact enough that ray is one of my favorites of all time he's one of the guys On my list, if you will, not the Jericho list, but on the list of tech guys that, like, man, I really want to interview him. And awesome to be able to check that name off and say I got the chance to interview
4: Ray Mysterio Jr. John, you stupid idiot. Of course, Rey Mysterio would be on any list that we had for podcast guests, of course. But in all seriousness, you got to have Rey Mysterio on that list because he is one of those polarizing guys. It's like anytime he steps out into the news and says something, especially when he departed WWE, it was such a big deal because it had kind of been speculated for a long time. And if you can remember those last couple months that Rey was on the WWE's roster It wasn't really his best run, and of course, we'll all remember the Royal Rumble appearance where he got booed pretty much for the first time ever, and I'm not counting his run as part of the Filthy Animals where he was a heel and... The Filthy Animals faction was a little, little weird and wasn't one of my favorite uh, Rey Mysterio uh, eras, but nonetheless, he was always over, and in the WWE, they really put him on another stratosphere, so when it was time to jump into Lucha Underground, like I had mentioned earlier, it was a huge move, and obviously, the impact is felt anywhere Ray is going to go it's automatically going to be a main event place it's going to be someplace that's a destination and Lucha Underground still getting into season three it's getting its bearings but with Rey Mysterio on board it's obviously it's really starting to just take off in such a, a great direction and later on as we get into it with Marty the Moth you're going to hear that kind of impact that he's got overall on the company and it's just and an upswing, and it's really cool to hear. But John, why don't you talk a little bit about Rey Mysterio and that impact that he has, and the touching that he gets out with that fan base. He just he touches you, and he just really wants you to be a part of the magic going on in his in his matches, in his promos. And I know you and I firsthand, we definitely know that for sure outside of this interview but John also touch on what he mentioned about ECW and kind of the correlation between the temple and the old ECW arena as you close out these final thoughts before we throw it on over to the interview with Rey Mysterio
0: great thing about Ray really is his impact wherever he goes whatever league he's at he's always over he's always you know fighting for the title or putting somebody over that's going to be the future champion, so on and so forth. And his impact on Lucha Underground is gigantic. I mean, you could say, oh, El Rey, you know, uh, I don't know their viewership and this and that. Just putting Rey Mysterio on their, you know, on their platform, on their network, associated with their name, puts them a huge league... Up, you know what I mean. It gives him a huge step up, so it's just awesome because his impact is monumental. Now it's funny to think of being a fan and going autograph signing this and that. If you're ever at an autograph signing and Rey Mysterio is signing, this is to, just to show his impact. He will always have the longest line. I don't care if Flair is there. I don't care if Hogan's there. For whatever reason you want to say, Mysterio will have the longest line. And I've years ago, I felt that impact because me and and chad you were there as well we were online waiting and his line was the longest line i've ever seen in autograph signing. It's just that everybody loves this guy everybody wants to meet this guy he's so popular he's so over and that's going to not only benefit lucha underground but it's going to benefit el rey and obviously it's going to benefit triple a as well so pretty much anything this guy touches turns into gold and, and i just loved him he made wcw so much more watchable yes they had the nwo yes they had you know the big names and stuff But the most important and entertaining part of those shows were a lot of the cruiserweight division. And who was the best cruiserweight? Ray Mysterio Jr. So it's just awesome to be able to get him on. It's just awesome to see that Lucha Underground is growing with a huge help from Ray. One thing in the interview that really, really stuck out and was really interesting was his comparisons with ECW and the arena to Lucha Underground and the Temple. And I never even thought about it before. You know, sometimes you kind of think like, oh, you know, this crowd is great, that crowd is great. But he is right. I didn't really think about it. The ECW Arena had those crazy, diehard fans who were just, you know, kind of just blended in, were like a part of the action, they just made everything a little bit more crazier, a little bit more hyped, and everything else, and the temple in Boyle Heights is the same way, it's just a crazy part of the show, and it just kind of goes hand in hand with the show, it fits in with the show, they just kind of make the show that much more crazier, and, you know, Ray is totally right on that, and I never really thought about it, I know Chad, we never really discussed it before, but what a Great point by Ray because obviously he spent some time in the ECW arena. The great legendary matches against Juventud Guerrero, against Psychosis. So you had him with that experience and now saying that, wow, you know, I've been to the Temple and it reminds me of the ECW arena. So that's pretty damn cool and it's pretty uh, pretty awesome to see that the Temple has that kind of impact on Ray. But also in the interview, which you know I had to just touch on, and obviously, Chad, it'll be on the preview clip and everything else. Is his relationship with Eddie Guerrero what Eddie Guerrero meant to him what their feud was all about what them teaming was all about because if you go back to their WWF feud WWE, excuse me great matches, stole the show tore the house down, but you go back to the WCW feud when they had in 1997 and so forth, especially the Halloween Havoc match. I mean, these guys are putting on Match of the Year, some of the best matches you'll ever see in your life. So I love getting a chance to talk about Eddie Guerrero, what he meant to him, him being a mentor, him being a friend, and, of course, talking about their legendary rivalry and also them being a one hell of a great tag team. Team. And now, without any further ado, the former three-time W.B. World Heavyweight Champion, a former WWE Tag Team Champion, and Cruiserweight Champion, he is the biggest little man. He is the master of the 619, and quite frankly, he is one of the greatest professional wrestlers of all time. He is Ray Mysterio Jr., Please enjoy.
5: This is Chad, as well, on the line, and uh, we'll just jump right into it. It's great to talk to you today. Of course, we're talking about Season 3 of Lucha Underground. Of course, Wednesday is at 8 p.m. on the L Raid Network, and Rey Mysterio needs no introduction, but what the hell. He's the king of Lucha Libre. He is the master of the 619. He is the one and only Rey Mysterio Jr. Thank you so much for joining the two-man power trip of wrestling.
1: Nah, thank you, guys, for the invitation. Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
5: Oh, it's an absolute honor. We're going to get right into it. And I love what you've said about joining Lucha Underground, that it's been your destiny to join Lucha Underground. It's been the the goal to get in there. And I think when we look at Season 3, we see you're definitely going back to your roots. And what does it mean to get back to the roots of Rey Mysterio Jr. and bring that into Lucha Underground with such a great bevy of talent that they have on that roster? I mean, if you really think about it,
1: Anybody that goes back to the roots, the only thing that you get out of that, oh, I, sh- I should say one of the things that you get out of that is brings back good memories. It brings back smiles. It brings back, uh, man, I remember, you know. So so that only puts me back in, in the early days of my career, and, and it just makes me want to keep going. So uh, it's, it's only positive, positive thinking, positive vibes, uh, going out there and, and having some good matches. The only thing I haven't done yet, and my son told me to do this, is go back to my old wrestling attire, which I am really thinking about doing.
5: Your old wrestling attire. I mean, your current wrestling attire, anything you usually wear is usually really awesome, very cool in its look. But I think as an old-school fan, we definitely love that first Rey Mysterio uh, persona or the look that we saw 20-plus years ago when you hit ECW in 1995 on the American scene. But you think about ECW, you think about that arena, and I can only think of the Temple being somewhat on par with the ECW arena. Talk about the energy that the Temple brings to the vibe of Lucha Underground.
1: You know what? It, it's very, it's very similar to that, to that uh, uh, ECW vibe, man. And, and I don't mention this as much, like I should, but but uh, you know, I'm very thankful with Paul Heyman and with Conan uh, for. For, for, with Conan for introducing me to Paul Heyman and for, for bringing me on board into E C. W and for Paul for giving us the opportunity. And then along all the, the boys that were part of that roster back then, you know, uh, like the Shane Douglasses and the Tommy Dreamers and even Stolen Cold Steve Austin was back there. You know, just that good energy. But that the temple at at, at Lucha Underground is, is very similar to the vibe in E C W, you know, uh um it's just a bit more intimate and more personal uh, at the temple. It's just more, more, uh, more eye contact with with a lot of the fans. Actually, with all of the fans, if you'd like, you can make that personal connection. So it's that it's that good vibe that that definitely uh, I always forget to to relate to.
3: You know, you're one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, possibly the top luchador of all time, and it's funny. You go from years ago in WCW, you know, you had an amazing feud with certain guys when you were kind of like the young guy, feuding and learning with, from a guy from you know Eddie Guerrero or Psychosis or et cetera. How do you feel that that role has been reversed and now you're kind of the veteran helping a guy like Pentagon Junior become a big star?
1: It's, it's incredible, man. I I sometimes I I don't like to look at it that way. Like uh, like I'm the vet and I you know uh um. I tend to give advice or, or uh, help the young cats out. But it's, in a way, uh, uh, they pay so much respect to to what I've done that, that uh, I actually have to tell them, don't call me sir. Don't make me feel old, <laughs> guys backstage. You know, just call call me by my name, either Ray or, or by my name. You know, but don't, don't make me feel old, guys. Come on. Uh, and, uh, and that's just a courtesy of to, you know, uh, but I, I uh, yeah, um, I got to admire that. You know, that just, it just goes to show the, the hard work that has been put in. And, uh, um, you know, I, I guess in a way I love it. But uh, uh, they, they know overall, they I know that I'm, I'm there for anything they need, um, whether it's a fight in or out of the ring. You know,
3: uh, I'm, I'm always going to be there for, for the boys. Absolutely. And, you know, looking back at your legendary, legendary career, one name that kind of followed you all the way through was a guy like Eddie Guerrero, WCW, guys did some of the greatest matches of all time, and then the awesome feud in, in the WWE. you just talk about your relationship and feud and then, you know, tag team, everything else, your whole you know career kind of going along with Eddie Guerrero? Well, uh, with, with Eddie, it was it was such an
1: incredible vibe, man. Uh, um, such a, a good, honest relationship, connection, brother-like, uh, uh, mentor-like, uh, connection that we had that, uh, uh, honestly, uh, there will, there will never be anybody in this lifetime that, uh, will be in, in any way, shape or form to what Eddie was, you know, uh, everybody's just so different, but, but despite the fact, you know, Eddie was, was, uh, it's funny when you have a connection with somebody outside of the ring, but also have that same connection inside the ring. And, uh, you can, you can completely trust that person with it, with pretty much everything that you know, you know, and, and that was Eddie. That was Eddie. Uh, um, he just, I had so, so much guidance from him, uh, in a spiritual way and in the ring that, uh, no, I, I could say that, that uh, in some way or form, uh, i become the person that I am now, you know, because he had a lot of influence in my life and
3: my career. Absolutely. And obviously, you know, we're talking about Lucha Underground as well in, in season three and big match you just had against Pentagon Jr., Pentagon Dark. But- what can the fans look forward to from Rey Mysterio for season three of Lucha Underground? Because there's so many good guys in Lucha Underground for Rey Mysterio to work with. Well, it it, it
1: just it, it just gets it gets crazier and crazier uh, as we move on, you know, with the episodes in, in season three. Of course, without without giving anything away, but there's so much talent, like you said that uh, I still haven't faced and that I'm looking very forward to eventually facing in uh, season 3 or season 4 or the next season up to come. So uh, there's definitely a wide variety of, of, uh, of a roster that uh, we can definitely put out those five star matches um, every night that we sent to that template. <laughs>
2: New Lucha Underground champion. <clears throat> Hi. Obviously, you heard I'm Marty the Moth Martinez. I'm here to bring Aztec tribe to Lucha Underground. Wherever there's gold, you're going to see the Moth tribe. Wherever there's war, wherever there's violence, you'll find the Moth tribe. But we're not doing it alone. No, no, no. We're not doing it alone. We have a secret weapon. My sister, Mariposa. She's part of the Moth tribe, so obviously looks come in the family. She's the deadliest luchadora in Lucha Underground, and she will lead us to more victory and gold. Why did she lose to sexy? We didn't lose the sexy star. No, 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 no. <laughs> we lost interest in sexy star. The things that we did—they <laughs> were so funny. But sexy, our time has passed. It's not you. It's me. I found a new challenge. Someone much more deadlier. See you soon,
4: and we are back, and we definitely just felt the 619 from the master of the 619. The one and only Ray Mysterio Jr. And we want to thank Ray Mysterio Jr. for spending a couple minutes with us. It was so much fun to get to talk to him. The anticipation as we got into the interview was just off the charts. And we want to thank all of our good friends over at Lucha Underground for making that possible. And as we continue this look into Lucha Underground, we've got quite possibly a show-stealing performance, maybe even, I might even go as far as to say, a post-episode number 200 show-stealing performance of our next guest, and it's Marty the Moth Martinez. He's a former Tough Enough contestant, but he has laid the groundwork in Lucha Underground for being quite possibly the most underrated and possibly soon-to-be most in-demand or most uh, talked-about wrestlers on the Lucha Underground roster. And after you're done listening to this, I would really love for you to get on the old Twitter machine and tweet at Marty that you heard on this show all these awesome things he has to say about his character, all these awesome things he has to say about Lucha Underground. But more specifically, you're going to learn about how this guy got into the business and how this persona, this Marty the Moth persona, how how it's taken this crazy turn... It's kind of amazing how you hear it all come together, and John, I'm going to let you jump in here and kind of take us the rest of the way. Tell us a little bit of Marty the Moth Martinez's run of success that he's had thus far, and Lucha Underground, and kind of how he really is the, uh, the, the biggest secret in Lucha Underground, and then why don't you get it on over to the interview after we hear your thoughts and hit him with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business, but tell us a little bit more about Marty the Moth Martinez.
0: Yes, we're kicking it off with part two of this episode, and of course we're sticking with the Lucha Underground theme, and we're going with an awesome interview that we had with Marty the Moth. He was so cool, and his answers were so great, and he was so almost perfectly kind of in tune with us like our chemistry just started right from the start what an awesome interview I can't you know kinda put over the fact how cool he was and how smooth he is And, and I just really enjoy that and I just think that not only will you really really enjoy this episode I think by listening to this you'll really start to enjoy his character even more and how he's kind of a hidden gem if you will in Lucha Underground and how much of a great heel he is and kind of what his character is all about and you know I kinda we kinda call him in the interview we say he's unhinged I'm not sure who said that was it Matt Striker? was it Vampiro somebody said there maybe it was Marty himself but I just love that kinda thing because it kinda reminds me and I say this in in the interview as well is kinda reminds me of Brian Pillman a little bit and that like crazy character unpredictable what are they gonna do next what are they all about so I really really enjoyed that part and I just love because I never really heard that nickname before or that being associated with a guy before so I love that he's unhinged so it's really cool Marty the Moth, such a cool nickname Uh, he's such a hateable character but for me it's one of those characters that I absolutely love to hate so I think he was awesome I mean Chad you said it, I'll say it again Hidden Gem of Lucha Underground the only guy, and he says in the interview and I absolutely love that he said this the only guy that gets booed because he's a heel and I just love that Like he's just a true blue heel doesn't want to get cheered and it's so cool because you think about pentagon junior he's awesome I love pentagon junior one of my favorite wrestlers in wrestling today but he's a heel who gets cheered and Marty takes pride in getting booed so I just love that part of him great psychology great mindset for the business great character and like he said for season three this year on Lucha Underground You're going to see a lot of unpredictable things, and you're going to see the growth of the character of Marty the Moth. And now, for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, at Rasslin' and at Two Man Power Trip. Please subscribe to us on YouTube, where you will find the latest and greatest clips from our show. Also, please subscribe on iTunes. While you're there, please check out the feed for prior legendary episodes with the late great American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, Stan the Lariat Hansen, WWE's lead attorney, Jerry McDivitt, the phenomenal AJ Styles, the lunatic fringe, Dean Ambrose, the Demon Kane, and so, so, so many others. Also, please check out our website, tmptofwrestling.com. That is tmptofwrestling.com. While you're there, please check out the events page. See if the two-man power trip and one of our friends is coming to your town. So please check that out and check out the events page. Also, while you're surfing the net, check out wrestlinginc.com. That is wrestlinginc.com. They are the greatest wrestling news site in the world, so you got to check them out. Also... Check out ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, ProWrestlingTees.com. You can check out our page on there. You can check out Tito Santana, Kevin Thorne, Paul of Buff Bagwell, and so many others. And for any of you Android users out there, please check us out on Player FM. And now, without any further ado, we send it along to part two of, the in- of this show for the interview with... Lucha Underground Star, he is the leader of the Moth Tribe. He is unhinged. He is Marty the Moth Martinez. It's alright, just
2: a little crazy. <laughs>
5: to be ready but you know it's easy uh it's easy to transition it because joining us on the line tonight is a member of the lucha underground universe the lucha underground world he's one of the most fascinating characters that they possibly have on their television and that is the one and only marty the moth martinez thank you so much for joining the two-man power trip of wrestling
6: well thanks for having me man i love this (laughs) Thanks for the introduction as well. That was an awesome introduction.
5: I appreciate that. I always love uh, getting ready to chat with somebody from the Lucha Underground world. We're huge supporters of Lucha Underground, which, as I always like to say, it's every Wednesday night on the El Ray Network. Check your local listings for the availability of that. But Lucha Underground being what it is and you finding such a great home in the world of Lucha Underground, inside the temple, what has your experience been like so far? Moving into season three here, I'm sure the best is yet to come.
6: Oh, there's so much good stuff coming for you this season. <laughs> um, my experience is freaking amazing. Um, I've been wrestling for a little bit now, and Lucha Underground, the locker room and the atmosphere backstage is what I thought wrestling was going to be from the very beginning. Um, I've gone to other places and been in a lot of back-locker rooms, and it's not been the same case. And it kind of hurts. So, oh, man, I want to be a wrestler for a living. kind of hurts that. But Lucha Underground, it's like it was supposed to be back when I was a little kid. So I love this. This has been one of the best experiences in my life.
5: Oh, that is, that's so awesome to hear. And all, everybody who we've talked to from Lucha Underground, everybody says the same thing. They're so positive. About the atmosphere and the vibe, and the people that are going into, you know, to work every day, to work on it, and the production, and the locker room. It's just so great to hear that, with all the negativity that surrounds different aspects of pro wrestling and, quote, sports entertainment, that there is some positivity out there. And like I said, everybody's been really cool when they talk about it, and it's a, gen- just a general statement across the board. But what was it that really took you from the start with Lucha Underground that you noticed that, man, this is just this is so much different than any other wrestling organization I've been a part of?
6: Um, right from the beginning, just the atmosphere of the writers to the wrestlers, the way they interact with each other in the back. Um, in other locker rooms, obviously I won't mention names, but I've seen other locker rooms where uh, kind of in a TV situation here where this guy's coming in, he's a new guy, he's going to take my spot for TV, or uh, this guy has this sort of look, I don't like that, so I don't like him, or you look at me wrong, so I don't like you. There's just so many childish, stupid things that I've seen in the back of locker rooms that goes on, unfortunately, in this wrestling world um, that I don't get from Lucha Underground, and I'm very happy about it. Everyone back there from the writers, I'm a a very touchy-feely kind of guy. Uh, if you ever meet me, I usually try and hug you. Um, but I go around and I, I hug everybody. We say, hey, what's up? We're right from the beginning, like, hey, what about this character, about this idea? Cool. Everyone's there to support each other for the best show possible. When in other places, I've, there's always something stupid you have to watch out for. You're watching on eggshells or um, you're just, it's just, you're not there having fun. You're there to do a job. And when it's a job, it's not fun. And when it's a job, you can tell. And I think you, people can tell when they watch Lucha Underground that the guys in the ring are having some super serious fun. So just like that's why I fell in love with wrestling, where I love Shawn Michaels, you can tell that guy loves having fun being in that ring. And I think with uh, Lucha Underground, you can tell the guys love being in there, and they love what they're doing. I think that's a big difference that sets Lucha apart from many other locker rooms I have been in.
5: Oh, yeah, that's a great, uh, that's an absolutely great answer because uh, you could tell from the writers through, you know, the other wrestlers and the production and even the announcers, you had the ability to speak to both Matt Stryker and Vampiro and to talk about the chemistry that they've been able to uh, kind of play off each other, but they've all gone back to talking about that crowd inside the temple and you mentioned, you know, that atmosphere and what it's like, but give us your take on the temple and kind of what it brings out of you when you get out there and you start to perform in front of those fans. (laughs)
6: oh the temple oh what a place i miss it already um the temple and the people in that temple are a character of their own in the show i believe um you can usually see the same group of uh, people that stick out because they'll sit and wait for tickets and then buy their computers and then hit send like a seven million times the second they come out these fans The only way I can think of it is like what old ECW used to be, where it's this one place where everyone goes insane, and it's a small, intense, intimate environment, and I love it. Um, I just did a uh, show in Mexico called Triple Mania. It's the WrestleMania of AAA. But wrestling in front of 20,000 people is great wrestling in front of people uh, like the 500, the four or 500 people in the Lucha Underground Arena where they're up close and personal with you where you can accidentally land on them sometimes um, or they'll help you up or they'll literally dust you off or in my case just flip you off. Um, It's just so different. It's so intense. They're in your face where you're wrestling in front of people, 20,000 people, 30,000 people. They're there, but it's not the same. It's not the same intimate feeling you get when you're uh, working there at the temple. I think the crowd and the, the temple is a character of its own, and uh, I cannot wait to go back to season four.
5: Oh, my gosh, and we can't wait for, uh, to get to season four ourselves because it's just been so cool to see everything develop episodically, and that's another you know, key buzzword that gets associated with Lucha Underground all the time is it's episodic. It's a lot different than your average pro wrestling show. You get to really see a feud develop from go all the way through the completion where, my God, it is like one of the most craziest ends to a feud you could possibly have, no matter which feud it is. But talk about how you've been able to develop your character and kind of set yourself Uh, separate from uh, the crew and and what you do is I gotta say, personally, I love it it's so different, it's so unique Uh, I love the promos, I love the style but how did you come up with uh, this aspect of the Martyrs of Moth persona?
6: Um, I was originally brought in to Lucha Underground from the very very beginning, I was one of the guys signed originally when this project uh, got greenlit and uh, I was brought on for comedic relief and that's what I love doing. I like making people laugh, and usually when I make myself look like an ass, I'm sorry if I swore on your podcast, um, it makes people laugh. So it does the job right. Um, but we, just like every other character in Lucha Underground, we made it evolve. Vampiro was an uh, integral in making that happen. Um, he's definitely been kind of taking me under the wing. And, hey, if you're going to learn how to be – Dark, someone like Vampiro, so not a bad mentor to go to. Um, so uh, rather than making it campy and he-, he look at me like we first started, when I came in and just made people laugh for a little bit, uh, we wanted to take it a little bit more serious route. So it was kind of a mix of Vampiro's direction, um, direction from the writers, and then from my acting classes, I do acting outside of Mooch Underground. And uh, it, I just kind of took what I would want to see. On there, um, with some influences from serial killers to the Joker to uh, American Horror Story to all these things that have intrigued people, threw it all into one thing, and out pops them off. Hmm.
3: <laughs> Such an interesting and different character. Is that a different name? You think that you know being different is something that really sets Lucha Underground apart and makes him even, you know, it makes it even cooler because everything is so much different than what you see in other wrestling.
6: Absolutely. We're a TV show that has wrestling in it. I think that's the biggest difference. We're a TV show with wrestling in it where everybody else is trying to be a knockoff of a wrestling show. Um, so we can have supernatural stuff. We can have Katrina teleporting all sorts of places. We can have some of travel time. And, well, then there's me and kidnaps people and tortures them in their own little way so hmm. we can have that kind of stuff you can't really we kill people you don't see that in wrestling promotion we kill people so hmm. it's different and i think that's what's setting people apart is, is this show is different and i love the fact that people are so into it and so vocal about it that's one thing i love so much is these wrestling fans are so vocal and i love it hmm. mm.
3: so true there's such so a Unique audience and so cool. It's almost like a little bit of, of a throwback to you know some real like you, you almost said like before. It's like DCW fans it, where the fans are so into it. It kind of makes the whole product work that much better because the fans are so much into it.
6: And it's got a little bit of mystique to it because it's Lucha Underground, but most people don't have L Ray Network, um, so they have to actively search for what this is that people are talking about. Where they got Pumas doing triple backflips, and uh, moths kidnapping beautiful women and taking them to their crazy mansion palace. So it's kind of have a stigma to it um, where you have to kind of search for it. It's kind of nice, but I always laugh at the numbers when they come out because I know that's maybe even a third or a fourth of what is who's actually really watching Lucha Underground because most people don't watch it on L Ray Network. Um, it's a sad but true statement, but I'm glad people are out there looking for it.
3: Definitely, because uh, with the amount of people talking about it, you know that they're getting it another way or, or they're watching it through iTunes or ho- however they might be watching it. But, you know, you mentioned something about the kidnapping and, and doing that whole sexy star feud and things like, thing like that. Is that something that, that they come to you with or is it something that you come to them with as far as the writing for that character and that kidnapping storyline?
6: That was the masterminds of the writers. DJ Roach and Solomon have been amazing Um, In fact, I didn't even know it was happening until I got the script the day before I shot it uh, for season one that I was going to kidnap her. So uh, I think it was a great way to make a dark character and a more layered character out of a goof and that's kind of what it was. I was the comedic relief and I love being that but you can't make comedic relief a champion. So uh, that's where the darkness came from, but that's all the writers. We have some amazing writers, and I always call our locker room here the rejects because we, we, there's so much talent from the writing staff to the producers to the actual people in the ring that just something didn't work out to go other directions, and I'm super glad it didn't because I will gladly carry this flag um, of Lucha Underground with the rest of these rejects to make some amazing TV.
3: And you know what's interesting is that, you know, it's not just you kidnap Sexy Star. You actually, you know, have a bit of a feud and you're wrestling her and everything else. So what are your thoughts on, you know, males wrestling females? And then what are your thoughts on Sexy Star, you know, being in the ring with her?
6: Um, you have to work smart. Um, everyone gets up in arms about uh, men re- wrestling women, but then they don't mention anything about it when they watch the Avengers. Black Widow's <clears> up there kicking the crap out of all these... Monsters from another world, um, and no one says anything about it. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no one says anything about it, but if you've been doing a wrestling ring, now it's all of a sudden too close to home. Well, I just don't think that's the right way to look at it. You've got to do it smart, obviously. Um, you're not going to see Sexy Star pick me up over her head, um, but there's a way to do it, and uh, I, there's, I, there's a disconnect between wrestling and, like, the Avengers and, and movies, um, and uh, I actually like working with Sexy Star. There's definitely the language barrier. She doesn't speak very much English at all. I'm still trying to learn Spanish as much as I can. Uh, it was fun working with her. Uh, she's very, very – She's a, the fans love her, and she has a great backstory. and it was great to, uh, to put some extra layers into that story. She's fun to work with, and uh, she, when you're that small, she's easier to throw around no matter how <laughs> – Mm-hmm. Not how good she is! See, it's easier to make the base for somebody when they're easy, they're, they're light like that. So uh, she's a great work and a great person.
3: And then even adding in another female, Mariposa, who I guess is technically you know your, quote your sister on the show. Did you like kind of adding another element to the moth, adding a sister character as
6: well? I did, and we kind of, I. I, I like that it's Melissa because we both bounce ideas off of each other. And most of the stuff we bounce off of each other will never make TV because we're, we're some pretty sick and twisted people. Um, <laughs> so um, it's cheerleading to Melissa, obviously. Um, but we're, we, we talk about some sick, messed up ideas. And uh, none of it, we pitch them, but none of, who knows what will make TV and what won't. It's Lucha Underground, so you never know. But it was great to add that extra layer um, there's so much, so much into the moth family and the moth tribe that people don't know yet, and it hasn't been explored yet. So there's going to be some revelations this season that we're airing right now. But uh, there, there's a lot to delve into about this messed up relationship and this messed up family because it's fun.
3: I love it. And without you know giving away any spoiler or anything. The medallion, is that something to do with the moth and his past and almost his future as well?
6: It's a moth tribe medallion. I'll let you read into that what you will. <laughs> 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 yeah.
3: you know, it's interesting. I might be wrong on this, but I feel like I'm definitely right. It feels like Lucha Underground. Every character is important. Like you watch a show, let's say, on Monday night. And you know this guy is, you know, I wouldn't say a jobber, but, you know, this character is not important. He's going to lose. This guy, uh, it doesn't matter. You could skip this segment. But I feel like with Lucha Underground, every character has a level of importance. Do you agree with that?
6: I 100% agree with that, and I think that's what sets us apart, Um, is uh, you could see you you have your mainstay characters, but you also don't see them every week. Um, You only have an hour worth of programming, which I think, is good and bad. I wish we could have an hour and a half of Lucha. Would that be all right with you guys?
3: Oh, yeah. It would be awesome. Yep.
6: <laughs> I don't think we should ever go to three hours, but an hour and a half would be sweet. But every character is important. And if you notice, our writers are so good that every detail in the shots are actually a piece of something. So the announcement of season three coming out, with there's a picture of Pentagon uh, there. If you notice, there's a bunch of little writings in there that give spoilers away for the rest of the season. Uh, all the graffiti on the wall all means something and links to something. The writers are so good at putting these little intricate things that you wouldn't notice unless – until we watch you to notice it, honestly. And it, it, it's amazing because I still get caught off guard. Oh, oh wow, that's good. that's good. I didn't even notice that. Um, and I didn't even actually notice – most of them until I listened to Krista uh, um interview a little bit ago. So, like, there's little tits and bits everywhere um, that have all sorts of hidden meaning. Um, and so that's a fun part. There's always something fun to look at.
3: Which is so much different than other wrestling promotions and even some, some other TV shows. So that's definitely a cool, cool feeling, you know, that you guys are doing something different and something cool. But your character... You know, The Moth was so cool. I know we were kind of talking about how it's a little bit like The Joker or maybe some serial killers, but what about some wrestling influences? When I first saw when you kind of, you know, you started as a fan, but then you kind of turned and became darker and crazier, I kept thinking maybe a little bit of Brian Pillman. What do you think?
6: Uh, Definitely, I've watched some of the footage and kind of went off that, um, and I kind of went with... Some influences, yes, but try to stay away from because it's already been done in wrestling. Mm. However, Ed Gein is a serial killer, and he's never been in wrestling. Um, uh, John Wayne Gacy has never been in wrestling. Um, all these serial killers I've taken bits and pieces of, um, and you'll see some more and more of it coming out. That's elements that you couldn't put on a PG show um, are put in, and then it's, it's once there's a Once uh, we tell the story of the Moth Tribe, that's going to be some dark stuff. So that's going to be so fun to explore. Um, but that's coming. We got 40 more. We got 40 seasons or 40 uh, weeks this season. So we got quite a lot of lucha to see,
3: which is awesome.
6: And can't help but think back
3: to a couple episodes ago. Weapon of Mass Destruction match, you know, kind of almost to start off the season. I know the few with Killshot was a big part of season two, but I felt like to start off season three, we start off with a bang, and that match was pretty crazy. What are your thoughts of Killshot <laughs> and that crazy weapons match?
6: Um, Killshot is one of the most underrated talents in wrestling right now and today. Uh, they people are just now realizing how good he is. Um, I think he just needed a platform that people could see it on, and that was a great platform to see how good he was. Um, He was so easy to work with. We just kept – he was so easy to work with. Like, um, he honestly was – one. that was one of the funnest matches I've ever had in my career. It hurt like hell, if you noticed. Um, (laughs) uh, But, yeah, he's just one – he is now all over – Um, he, I know he was in the UK, uh, just recently. Um, people are just now noticing how good he really is. Um, he always had it. I just don't think people had a chance to realize it yet. So you're going to see a lot more of Shane Strickland this season. Um, and he's got an amazing story coming up. You guys saw a letter, um, that he received from Joey Ryan in his hot pants. Um, (laughs) if you guys watch, so that's an amazing (laughs) story. Um, and that I am excited to see the stuff. Because I, I know I've seen the matches, but they don't tell us anything about the vignettes or all the stuff that they do. Um, so I'm stoked to watch his story and revel after uh, all this that happened between us. But Shane is definitely one of the most underrated wrestlers in wrestling today, without a doubt.
3: What I thought was great about the Wessons match, and just Blue Underground in general, was a lot of the times, you know, let's just say on other promotions, that they won't give the quote-unquote not main eventers a, a match, like a blood feud almost, a blood feud match. That's what's so cool about Lucha Underground, which makes every character important and every feud important and every episode important, is a big-time feud like that. Wouldn't you, know, you kind of agree that that's just great you guys are able to have a blood feud like that?
6: Absolutely. And, uh, in fact, one of the great things that I love about Lucha Underground and just the office and the writers... Um, We were going to blow this off in a different way. Um, It was going to be a lot more mild. It was going to end in season two. And uh, me and Shane went up to the writers and said, hey, I think we got something going on here. We like working each other. We have these dog tags. That's a big centerpiece. Um, That could make some great TV. Give us a chance um, to to blow this off right. And uh, they had us scheduled for a show or, or a match that night and something the next day as well, and they changed it. They're like, you know what, let's, let's just give them, let's give them a shot. And uh, so they changed it, and that's how the Americans of Mass Destruction match came. So, but I love the fact that we could go to our riders and say, hey, what about this? And they'll actually listen rather than just in one ear and out the other and pretend like they listen. we Underground guys, listen, and I love it. Without them hmm. listening, that but the Mass Destruction match. wouldn't have happened, and I had fun in that match.
3: And it goes to show you that writing can be very important and booking can be very important to the wrestling business because you can see other places, the writing just isn't there and you can have all the talent in the world, but if the writing isn't good, it's not going to be executed.
6: Exactly. It's not going to be executed. And it, it all comes down to the amazing writing that Lucha, Lucha and writers have and uh, the the talent of the performers there. Um, there's just so much talent in that locker room. It's ridiculous. Sometimes I have to take a step back. Uh, I have no idea what I'm doing here. And then I realize, oh, hmm. I'm one of these guys. <laughs> so yeah, everyone has their own piece. So it's great. And I love the acting aspect of it. I think that's what sets me apart with being able to do the character rather than the flips of Puma or Shane and the images and the stuff. They can do in the ring there. I like to kind of balance that out.
3: Absolutely. And, it's funny. I think it was either Vampiro or Matt Stryker. They described you as unhinged, which I thought was different and, and a cool spin on the character.
6: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of ways to describe that character. Um, not knowing what's next is a great way as well. Um, mm. There's going to be some fun things this season. That's going to happen. Uh, some things are going to be obvious. If you understand the characters. some things are going to be like, what the beans, um, because we haven't said those revelations, or those revelations yet. So I'm just so excited for this season to happen. Um, I wish I could just give, like, do a Netflix binge and just give it all to you all at runtime. <laughs> um, but then I feel like some of the wrestling community was shut down for about three days.
3: <laughs> <laughs> True. Now, it's like if you go back to basically your first TV match in Lucha Underground against Prince Puma, what do you think of Puma? He's obviously a great athlete. He was kind of the uh, basically a very, very important part of Season 1 and, and a little bit going forward, obviously. But what are, you, what are your thoughts on Puma?
6: Uh, he's one of, if not the best worker in the business today, absolutely, without even a, a second thought. Um, just... I. He's so good, and he's he's humble, and he know he knows he's good, but he doesn't go around letting it, telling everybody, which is amazing. Um, he was so easy to work with. Hey, what about this? What about this? Um, he has just so many ideas and so many smart things planned out. Uh, he, I really think he's one of the best, if not the best, in the industry today. Um, he was so easy to work with, and uh, I think he understood that we got to make him, for that first match, we have to make him look strong. He was a champion, but we also have to introduce this crazy guy character. So um, some of it (laughs) was me, a lot of it was just me throwing in character and him just saying, okay, that sounds great, where I pretended to take a picture there. And it's funny because people aren't allowed to take pictures in the Lucha Underground arena so people were like, Oh gosh, I don't know if I could actually do that uh uh looking for the phones and then I creamed them. So um it was fun <laughs> to play with.
3: <laughs> Definitely. And you also got to work with a guy recently I guess he technically quit at the W B and Alberto El Patron and I can kinda of see him coming back, but what are your experience with him given how, you know, basically big time lucha libre legend and you know, obviously multi time WWE world heavyweight champion.
6: Um it, it was great, it was short and sweet, unfortunately. Um, it was really just to build the feud with him and Johnny Mundo. Um, and he told me that he apologized a million times. He's like, I don't like these quick quick matches. I'd like to just go out there and do my thing, but we have to build this feud with me and Johnny and I said, All right, man, I'm here. Let's let's do this together and uh he was a very nice guy to work with. Um, he even took meetings before and said, hey, guys in Luke Underground, this is what I'm seeing. And obviously he has more experience than most of the guys on the roster. So it's great of a guy like him and Chavo Guerrero to, hey, this is what I'm seeing, kind of gives some general hints and guidelines of what they're seeing that could be some changing and tightening up. So it was great to work with him. Doors, I believe, are always open for him.
3: Which is great, absolutely. And then there's always a couple great villains in the underground. But you know, besides the moth, I, I mean, Hernandez was a good villain for the time being. Qu- uh, King Cuerno was great. Uh, Cage, big, vicious guy. You like working with those guys, even though they're kind of more of the kind of going into your realm
6: more as you know,
3: heel versus heel. But still, great characters.
6: I do. Um, what I pride myself in is. You know, Pentagon is supposed to be a heel mm-hmm. But he's the mo- But he gets cheered Like Stone Cold Steve Austin When he does things like break people's arms <laughs> um, All these Heels are getting cheered um, One thing that I pride myself On is I don't get cheered And if I do I shut that up real quick um, So I love working with all These guys again the talent in this locker room Is ridiculous But um, <laughs> But I pride myself in, and one of the writers, Matt Stolmer, came up to me and says, you are one of the only heels in this company that has zero redeeming values and that nobody likes. Hmm. I go, well, thank you. And I was very happy (laughs) with that. I never thought that would be something I'd be super excited to hear. (laughs) So. <laughs>
3: that, that definitely means that you're doing your job pretty damn well. You can't, you know, you can't get cheered. You're supposed to be the heel. Do you like playing the heel? Do you like playing that kind of character?
6: Oh, my gosh. I love being the heel. <laughs> it's so fun. It really, everyone keeps talking about, like, The Rock and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, it's their characters just being an extension of themselves. Um, I like being goofy and crazy. So that part is an extension of myself. But I also like doing things that I would never really do in a normal life, like drag people by their mouths across any ground, like a serial killer, um, or some of the stuff, kidnap girls, or some of the stuff you're going to see this season. Um, I love playing the bad guy. It's so much fun. Um, The thing is, it's just now wrestling bad guys currently are, it's almost cool to cheer the bad guy now. So my goal is to make that not happen. Um, And so far it's been working out.
3: it's a pretty good testament to you that, you know, Pentagon Jr. and you both are heels, but he gets cheered and you keep continuing to booze. So, I mean, it's a pretty good testament to you and your character and how you're playing that heel.
6: Yeah, yeah. I pride myself in making sure to shut up anyone that cheers me. There's always going to be those couple that do. Um, just cause again, it's the cool thing to do to cheer the bad guy. Um, but I apply myself in making sure everyone thoroughly hates me. Um, by the time he leaves, I remember back in the day hearing about like, uh, Ric Flair, of get, getting into bar fights or people wanting to kill, uh, kill all these big, big heels in the business. And, uh, I wouldn't want to say I want people to come want to come kill me in a restaurant, but, uh, it, it it worked. Whatever they were doing, it worked. They drew money, and I'm and I'm hoping to do, to do the same thing here. Put on some great TV.
3: Definitely, and true testament to a heel. You know, as, as I said back in the day, like Slayer would be get stabbed, or Piper. You know, somebody wants to get him in a restaurant or something. You're right. That's the uh, pretty much means you're pretty over as, as a heel. That these guys wanted to kill you. <laughs>
6: Yeah, I did get some several death threats on Twitter. Um, those are fun, and especially where it's a pre date television show. Mostly people don't like me messing with Melissa Santos, um, but that's one of my favorite things to do. My... Am <laughs> um, <laughs> But it's funny watching people yell at me for, "Hey, don't you dare touch Melissa Santos this week." I'm like, in my mind, like I, I'd love to play with them and say, "Oh, I'm gonna do so many things to her," but I take this. <laughs> five months ago, so it's not like I can go back and change the tape somehow, so it's very fun watching the pre-tape stuff and watching the fans um, not be happy with me for the stuff I do, I did five months ago.
3: Definitely, and I can definitely see why fans like Melissa Santos so much. I'll leave it right there, but I think you know what I mean. I think I can see why <laughs> fans like her. <laughs>
6: yeah, it's subtle. It's very subtle, um, but I can see why. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> She smells nice, too, by the way. Oh, nice.
3: (laughs) That's something a serial killer would say for sure.
6: One thing, I always try and make her crack, and uh, Hmm. she has done so well. Like, I I try not to touch her, because once you touch her, then you always have to touch her, and you have to escalate the situation.
2: Hmm. Um, But
6: I always try and make her crack um, in her announcing in, in a smile something Uh, and uh, she is very, very professional um, and will come and sometimes yell at me at the end, like, you almost got me this time. I hate you. Like, thank you. I love you, too.
3: (laughs) That's awesome. That's great. Between uh, her and Katrina, it makes it very easy to watch Lucha Underground sometimes. That's uh, that's for sure.
6: Well, we know what's good on TV and what people want to see, so uh, people up there in Lucha are doing the right thing.
3: Definitely. I mean, you get that, and then you mix it in with a great character like you, and then you mix it in with some awesome high flyers, like we mentioned Puma. Then you got uh, Drago, Phoenix, and then Arrowstar. I mean, it's crazy with these guys how athletic they are.
6: Oh, my gosh, yeah. The athleticism of some of these guys is just amazing. And uh, so, again, it's just a blessing to be in this locker room and be able to throw – my character ideas versus into what the stu- athletic stuff that they can do. Cause you don't need to see me doing three backflips. I'm 240 pounds. so You don't need to see me doing all this. So I got to pull it out every, every once in a while, just to say I can do it. Cause I can do, uh, some of this stuff. It's just, you're already doing this. Why do I need to try to do it? I got to stick out somehow. Um, so it's so fun to mix the styles of Lucha Libre plus, uh, like we have guys from PWG, or I got to wrestle uh, Joey Ryan and Brian Cage. A lot of these different styles, there's, there's, it's super fun. You have a lot of recipes to make some great TV with. Oh, I love this job.
3: Definitely, and one question outside of Lucha Underground that I really wanted to ask you because, you know, we don't like to really get too political on this show, but I just think it's so funny because you were on the team for AAA in Mexico. Called Team Trump. Obviously, you know, Master <laughs> Donald Trump with uh, Hernandez and Macias. So, what do you, you know, what are your thoughts on being in Team Trump? And are you a Trump supporter?
6: <laughs> oh, America's screwed. Um, <laughs> um, you know what? I'm not super excited about either candidate, to be honest. Um, they both have their pros and cons. Um, but they told me I'm part of team Trump on down there in Mexico. And that's just super almost cheating on being <laughs> a bad guy, <laughs> like going into another country and waving the flag of America around. That's almost cheating. It makes, it makes it so easy. Um, and the, the Mexicans get very, very, they love the wrestling. So, um, it's great to see them reacting. And I never thought in a million years that I would, uh, be super stoked to have 20,000 people flip me off and throwing a beer at me. But I
3: was. I was going to say, you're so dedicated to being a heel. You probably love being on Team Trump in Mexico.
6: I absolutely loved it. I, every time a company has me at their shows, and I get a little bit sad. and They say, yeah, you're going to be the good baby, the good guy. I'm like, oh, and I can do it. But it's so much more fun being bad.
3: Hmm. It, uh, without a doubt it definitely is and obviously the moth has uh, many many layers to the character but if I could go back a little bit into the WWE realm if you will and talk just a little bit about your experience on the Tough Enough show
6: yeah yeah the uh, WWE Tough Enough was a great experience um, really my greatest thing from that is uh, reassurance from Stone Cold Steve Austin that I am good um, you always have your doubts um, well some people I again I, I, I try not to be a cocky individual or someone so I always have doubts in the back of my hand which I need to fix but to hear from Stone Cold Steve Austin after the show was over he gave me his cell phone number personally um, and he watched some of my matches we had hour long conversations um, multiple times that was my biggest thing from Stone from that show was just reassurance from Stone Cold Steve Austin that I was going to be there, I was going to win. He would have picked me, and the only thing he told me to do to change was get bigger. I was 190 pounds, so I got a personal trainer and put on another 40. So, uh, yeah, I, that was a great experience. It was fun just to kind of be in a reality show environment. It was super weird sleeping though, because you could hear the cameras like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was kind of weird <laughs> And <laughs> it was great because They want to have great TV So um, all you have to do is say it. I was like man I really wish I had some Jack and Coke hmm. And then all of a sudden it appears Because they want you to get drunk and do something stupid So <laughs> I just wish that was a real thing in real life You just wish it happened so.
3: That would be amazing Yeah <laughs> What was your experience like sometimes on that show they made you do some stuff that has nothing to do with wrestling? You know, the challenges kind of inside and even outside the ring. It's just, did you feel like some of the challenges were almost too much for TV and had nothing to do with wrestling?
6: Um, they tried. They tried to make it involved with wrestling. Um, and I understand the low, the kind of the underlying meanings of it, but yeah, some of that stuff was definitely straight for T V. Like I don't need to be in a cheerleading skirt. Um hmm. but I can I can I guess I can be a cheerleader if that's what you want, sure. Um yeah, some of that stuff just didn't make any sort of sense. But it made T V and people liked Yeah, you know, I I'd laugh at uh son of Havoc in a skirt right now in a cheerleading outfit. I'd laugh my butt off. Um but it doesn't make him a good or bad wrestler. So <laughs> Huh. Uh, but, yeah, no, some of that stuff is definitely for TV, um, but it was fun doing it because I never thought one day, like, all right, I'm going to get a cheering outfit and do this, or I'm going to go on skates and start serving people in a restaurant um, for my wrestling career. Yeah, it was fun, but, I, yeah, some of that stuff, I don't really – it was for TV for sure. Oh, my gosh. But the hot tub is nice, and there's free food and drinks. So. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and obviously, you know, you said you Austin would have said that he, you, know, you had his vote. You should have, that you not, you should have won. But he would have picked you if, if it was up to him. But you were forced out due to injury. What was that kind of like? Was that just a real downer? You know, that it had to happen? Had to
6: end that way? Um, it's a uh, it's a curse and a blessing at the same time. And now that I look at men now. Um, I was doing really well, and uh, I really after Matt Cross, uh, son of Havoc, uh, got taken out, I thought that competition was mine. Like, it was just me down and Luke to go at it, um, and I think that would have been, that would mean I would have been in the finals at least. So, uh, yeah, it was heartbreaking, um, and I'm really glad that the hospital didn't, allow the cameras to go in because of hospital reasons or privacy reasons or whatever, because it's okay, I might have shed a tear or two. I mean, you work for something your entire life and you want to do something your entire life, and then you do really good at it, and then it gets pulled out from you for no reason whatsoever. I think I would have felt better if I would have been like drinking and showing off in the, in the mansion, doing a backflip and breaking my ankle. But no, I was just broke out of no reason whatsoever. Um, but I guess everything happens for a reason, and uh, I don't know where my career would have gone if I would have won that show. But uh, I made some amazing contacts there, and Steve Austin with Eric Van Wagner, the producer of Lucha Underground, um, and with Evilise and Son of Havoc. Uh, that Son of Havoc is one of my best buds. I love that kid to death. And, uh, yeah, really, that... It was very heartbreaking, and uh, I think um, by the tweets and the Facebook messages, it seemed like America and those who watched that show kind of agreed.
3: Uh, for sure, I there, there's no doubt about that. How long did it take you to recover from that injury after it happened?
1: i uh,
6: supposed to. Take, I can't remember. We're supposed to take me out for like six months or eight months. I ended up having to put two steel rods in my leg um, on my ankle, which is. Re- Weird, because, like, I, I didn't hit it with anything. It's kind of stupid, but what else? Um, hmm. But they had to put that. So I came back in f- three or four months. I came back a couple months early. Whether that was smart or not, I don't know. But um, I did. Because, uh, obviously, when you get so close for something that you want, and then it gets pulled from you, and then you can't do it for a while. You want to hurt. but You know, Triple H is never had a full time of recovery. He's always back months before he's supposed to. Um, and that's kind of how I took it. It's like I wanted to get this rehab done. I want to get back in the ring, and I want to keep pursuing what I want to be doing. And it's worked out quite well for me since then. Honestly, if I would have won, I don't know what would have happened to me. But I'm super glad that I broke my ankle now because they sent me out like a hero. Um, it was amazing the way the show sent me out. Uh, Steve Austin let me hang up my own belt. And I've uh, made a great relationship with Steve, and here I am on the ground. So it worked out all the best. Everything happens for a reason. So um, it sucked at that point, but I'm super glad it happened now.
3: Definitely. With that, though, what was your overall experience like with the trainers and everything? Because you know, Austin was cool, but how, how was everybody else, like, built mod and the other trainers?
6: And they. Wanted to make sure they got some good uh, dying faces on TV. Bill Demont was the workhorse of it all. Uh, Bill was, or I'm sorry, yeah, Bill was the one kind of making through, going through all the trainings and uh, telling everybody what to do. Um, and Trish and Booker T were kind of the just kind of there having fun. So they're there training, helping people, but they're really there having fun. So. Uh, I had a good relationship with everything. They all liked me. I've never rude to anybody, but uh, it was it was what it was. It was tough enough, so they wanted to make sure to break you down more than they would in normal situations. Um, and uh, it was what it was. They they tried to kill you, and uh, yeah, it, it is what it is on WWE Tough Enough. It's it's fun, but it's hard, and uh, they try to kill you before you ever step a foot in the ring. So it looks like you're crappy wrestlers. But pretty much everyone there had some sort of wrestling ability, and uh, it's just when you get super tired, when they make you do a thousand things before you step in a ring, that's when they uh, like to make good TV out of somebody being super tired to do anything.
3: Hmm. That is
6: a very, very
3: good point.
1: (laughs) It was
6: fun. But, yeah, great, great experience. I still wish that I could just wish a Jack and Coke in my hands any time now. I would, that's my <laughs> biggest thing.
3: That would be great. And it's interesting you said about the belt because I don't think uh, anybody else in the history of the show had the chance to hang up their own belt and kind of go out on their – not on their own terms, kind of go out the way you did.
6: That's true. Uh, no one else has. Um, I still want to find a way to get that belt because those are sweet belts. Um, but yeah, that no one ever was able to, able to do that. Uh, so technically, I never lost. I'm still in tough enough right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I've well, moved on to I believe better, bigger, better, and better things here. So, um, pretty excited about that. But I would like to get my hands on that belt somehow.
3: Oh yeah, get get that belt back. That would be that would be pretty sweet.
6: Right? Now looking
3: looking back you know, kind of rewinding it all the way back, I'm always curious, you know, you, you were, said you were a fan, you like Shawn Michaels, and, and, you know, you had some influences as far as that's concerned, but how did you actually get into wrestling? Like, how did you become a wrestler?
6: Um, I actually went to a WWE show here. It was actually one, one of the last ones they did here in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh, one of the local guys were running a promotion, had a show. The next following days or something like that, they gave me a flyer, and I said, cool, I'll look at it. I put it in my pocket and put it in my room. When I cleaned my room four months later or something like that, uh, I found it again. I'm like, holy crap, I forgot all about this. There's a school here in Utah. So I came over to a school called UCW Zero, um, met some of the guys. And I shouldn't have by that time, but three weeks later, I was in a show. Um, I had some athletic ability beforehand, I was able to catch on quick. Uh, but I was in the show three weeks later. That I was training every single day and uh, working hard to learn a new craft. It's something in some, uh, nothing like it's like nothing I've ever actually done before. Where it's acting and working the crowd, and yes, you're doing the physical stuff too. That part was easy for me. But, uh, yeah, so I got a fire from here, went to their school. Um, I'm still – I just did a cage match for them this weekend. Um, It's uh, 14 years going now for the UCW Zero school, so um, it's a great school for anyone in the Utah area.
3: Absolutely, definitely. See, with a guy like you, always want to kind of go back to see where it started, and then kind of see you know where you are today, and kind of where you made it. Like you said, it was it a 13 year or so a journey for you, and you kind of you know making it into the big time, Lucha Underground, which is huge. But you also mentioned having acting aspirations. What's that been kind of like? Is that you know kind of being in L.A. Is that just kind of you know kind of feeding into you to being an actor?
6: Well, I actually did my first acting bit before I started wrestling. Um, I was on a show called Everwood, um, and I was just—they needed a wrestler there, so um, I just did some cool style wrestling I could see in high school, and I loved it. And then I started wrestling, and I never got a chance to really go back because when it's hard to focus on both, but that's what I'm trying to do. Um, But I focused on wrestling because that was such a learning curve for me at that time, trying to figure out this whole crazy world It has its own atmosphere. Um, And, yeah, I just did an Adam Sandler movie a month ago, three weeks ago, something like that. I'm in there with uh, guys like Terry Crews. He's the Old Spice guy, and uh, he's on White Chicks. Um, Acting is super fun. And, honestly, Lucha Underground I almost keep, I'm excited just as much for these acting scenes I get to do with Cueto and um, the stuff coming up that I'm just as excited to do those acting scenes that I am with actually getting in the ring and working it's fun and I know um, I, as a wrestler I can't just be a wrestler for the rest of my life because eventually I'm going to be the 6 year old man falling down and that's going to hurt a little bit more and uh, so, I've opened up a couple businesses, and uh, I've done some, wrestling, uh, some acting here. And, uh, yeah, trying to make things happen on both realms there. And Lucha Underground is the best venue to kind of breach those gaps because it's a TV show with wrestling in it. So, I'm very blessed in that arena. So, we'll see what happens in the future. Um, again, I just did that Adam Sandler thing, and then I just did um, another movie here um, in Utah. So, Things are happening, and it's very good, and um, I'm excited.
3: Which is pretty cool, and it's cool to see that your acting is helping out your wrestling, and your wrestling is helping out your acting. It's weird that it's going hand-in-hand, but it kind of looks like that's the way it's going.
6: (laughs) Yeah, it is definitely that way. And uh, guys like John Cena and uh, The Rock are paving some ways. Uh, People never took wrestlers as anything but gym rats who wore spandex and got in the ring. Um, now, with The Rock being the highest paid actor in 2016, that's changing. John Cena, with his amazing uh, stints in his movies, that's changing. Um, so people are realizing how versatile wrestlers really are in order to do what they do. And so I'm glad they're there having success, and uh, I plan on following in those steps, footsteps there.
3: Which is awesome to hear, but as I start to wind it down. Just very curious. I mean, it's kind of a question we like to. It's a little bit of, of a generic question, but I just love hearing the answers of some of the guys, whether you know it be a lot or a little. But do you have a favorite match, or maybe a couple of favorite matches that stick out? Maybe the Kill Shaw match, or, or maybe maybe even something that we hadn't seen. Maybe something you know, kind of underground. What, what, like, what are your favorite matches in your career?
6: Ooh, I think honestly, my food. I always say my favorite match is going to be my next one because I don't think I've had my best performance yet. Um, and honestly, I think if you feel like you've had had your best performance, then you might as well just quit. Um, so um, I still feel like my best performance is yet to come, but as of what I've done thus far, honestly, that weapons of mass destruction match was there's so much pressure in that match where we weren't at that point main event guys, uh, we were two guys that were... There was interest, um, but not really a platform yet for either of us to to shine. And uh, that by the end of that match, it was just so easy, and Shane was so easy to work with. That was probably probably my favorite match to actually be in. I've had other matches that are super fun for other, other reasons, um, and those are just personal reasons where, hey... <laughs> me and my buddies giggling around while we're in there. Um, but I think that one, for the collective whole of it, of how it went, how easy it was to put together, how it turned out, and the reaction from it, that one is probably my favorite match, honestly. That's like, going to be a hard one to beat when you have grenades and missiles and <laughs> <Yep>. stuff <laughs> in a match, yeah. Yep.
3: So that so was a hard, hard one ball, to beat. Yeah.
6: yep. yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anytime, yeah, she got mad at me because I had blood all over my hands and you know, she had another taping after, but it got all over her hair. But, hey, anytime yeah. I get to hold a beautiful woman and throw a giant ladder at somebody, it's a good day. Yes.
3: <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> now, you know, we've mentioned so many good opponents that you've had. Do you have, a, you know, a favorite guy, a guy, a kill shot, or maybe somebody else that you just love getting in the ring with that this might be like the best chemistry you have with somebody? Ah man,
6: uh, the best chemistry there is. So many guys that I love being in the ring with for different reasons. Um, Killshot was amazing. There's a guy that who first trained me, Derek Janetti. He was the best that I ever came from Utah. Um, he was one of my favorite to be in the ring with, just he was so good. And he's an encyclopedia. Um, you could ask him anything. What match was this in SummerSlam of '94? and he could tell you. Um, He was just so good. He was was one of my best friends. Um, He was fun to work with. Uh, Macias, he was really fun to work with. I got to do a match with him. It was was actually the second Lucha Underground match ever Um, as he was trying out this Mil Muertes gimmick, and I was a magician. Uh, Mil Muertes (laughs) is super fun to work with. Yeah, I was wearing a a shower curtain. That's a fun one. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, um, he, there's so many different people like Puma is just so, he's just so athletic he can do so many things um, there's just so many guys out there um, and I think I feel like I, there's so many more people out there honestly this is the best time for wrestling period um, I think the Monday Night Wars was amazing back in the late 90s and I think we're returning back to where wrestling is the cool thing and it's at, at, at a hot spot again this is a great time to be a wrestling fan and a wrestler.
3: Definitely. And I feel like with you, there is so many quote unquote dream matches that you could have of amazing guys that you haven't wrestled yet in Lucha Underground. But there is, is there one guy, maybe two guys in particular that a dream match kind of sticks out to you like Rey Mysterio or, or maybe even, even somebody else? that you just thinking, man, I, I want to be able to work with them sometime.
6: I have gotten in the ring with uh, Ray Mysterio, both Lucha Underground and in Mexico. So um, that'd be super fun to always do. Um, there's, there's there's so many guys out there that are so good, and I want to be in the ring with them for different reasons. So I would love to. I've never, after after all of our times hanging out and the different locker rooms we've been in, I would love to get a one-on-one with Son of Havoc.
3: Huh.
6: Uh I wouldn't say it's a dream match, um, but it'd be super fun. Oh my gosh. Um, I just, I never got to really wrestle him during tough enough. Um, We haven't gotten to get in the same ring together since then. And all this time during Lucha Underground, we have yet to get together. So Son of Havoc would definitely be one uh, that I would love to get in the ring with Um, just because I want to pull that beard and just throw him around.
5: (laughs) 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 Well, that's definitely, uh, that's an incentive to add into a dream match category and as we start to wrap it up here just want to kind of look in the crystal ball if we can and it's great for something like uh, someone from lucha underground to look into a crystal ball and look maybe five years down the road see where this professional wrestling world takes you do you see yourself still being wrapped up full-time into wrestling do you see yourself exploring acting a little bit more but where is marty the moth going to be in five years from now
6: on your television screens definitely um, I will be acting. I will um God willing be a uh, Lucha will be here another another five years. It sounds like we've I've heard some amazing rumors. Um and Vampiro keeps telling me that there's amazing things next year, but he can't tell me. Uh so that's some great news to hear. But when you hear something like, Hey, we've got some great news coming up next year, sweet, what is it? And they can't tell you, that just has you You're sitting and waiting and wondering for the next three months. Um, But, no, you're going to definitely see me. Um, I will be acting. I will be in the ring still. Uh, Lucha Underground, with the projection it's going right now, you're going to see some amazing things. So I definitely plan on being full-time on everybody's television screens, whether it be in acting or in Lucha Underground. Uh, So get used to this pretty face.
5: (laughs) Absolutely, That's very, uh, that sounds very unhinged to me, to say the least, but I just want to <laughs> throw it out to our WWE friends. Get this guy his belt. Please get the belt off the wall. If it's still in the house, bring it back, because Marty needs that belt to add to the moth collection. Uh, Marty, this has been a ton of fun, and we love talking Lucha Underground. We love exploring everything that you've done in your career. But if our fans and our listeners want to get in touch with you, where's the best place that they can find you in the social media universe
6: quite simple i'm on facebook instagram and twitter all at martin casaus c-a-s-a-u-s in case you can't spell my last name you should learn it love it it's going to be all over your face pretty soon in the next come, uh, next little bit here um facebook twitter and instagram i'm right there on every single one so i appreciate you guys very much for having me on the show tonight
5: Oh, it was our pleasure, and it's uh, really the pleasure. I I can't even say it's all ours. This was just a lot of fun. You know, we really look forward to seeing what else there is to come, and uh, all the best to you and the uh, the the moth family, and everything that we're going to see in season three of Lucha Underground. Let's play.
4: Thanks for listening to the two man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.